We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day podcast. Welcome into the Wednesday edition of the Pack a Day podcast. I'm Steve Burrich, joined as always by Dusty Evely. No, Sarah Kelleher. She is on vacation. Dusty and I are holding it down. My guy, we've got some actual football games going actual on this football. week. Well, I mean, I say that in a, a fun way. It's preseason, but still football games going on. So before we jump into it, how are you doing? I'm great, dude. I'm great. Listen, we've had all the hype of training camp. We've got, as you're listening to this, uh, the I think the Packers are on their way or probably have just landed in Cincinnati at this point. Uh, they got joint practices today. Uh, I think they were off uh, yesterday when we're recording this. Got joint practices and they'll be playing the preseason game on Friday. Dude, I feel I feel great. I feel like I'm on the top of the world. The offseason always feels too long, too short at the same time. We've actually got Packers football, be it ever so humble, on Friday night. I'm so excited. I'm going to say, like, I felt after the Aaron Rodgers stuff went down, offseason went just swimmingly. It went so it went quickly. It was it went very quiet. peaceful. It was nice. It, mm-hmm. I enjoyed it. After it's like you know the the girlfriend left and you finally get some peace and some quiet, and it was mm-hmm. kind of it's kind of enjoyable. Um, but you know we always break down offense versus defense a little bit harder to do in the preseason. So with the fact that the Packers actually have a game, just kind of want to take a little time before we jump into a bunch of listener questions and talk a little bit about something you're looking for in the preseason. This pre this first preseason game uh, versus the Bengals, you know, offense, defense, special teams, whatever it is you're looking for, just what you're going to watch when you're watching this game. Yeah, I mean, uh, the the big one is is obviously Jordan Love, but we were talking about this a little bit before we start recording, Steve. We don't know if he's going to play. There's not been a whole lot of talk on this, and I wouldn't be shocked. If uh, if they treated the the practices against the Bengals as more as the the game action for Love and then Love sees, I mean, I, I think we'll see him somewhat, maybe a quarter or something. Probably not a bunch, maybe a little bit more in game two. But I think we're going to see limited just because the the I think the practice sessions, these these joint practices are probably going to be more the game. So for me, I think it's more about the rookies and some of the young guys that maybe haven't been making as much noise. Like I'm hyped about Luke Musgrave and the the 
uh, yesterday was depth chart day. Everyone's favorite day. It was depth chart day. So you get to <laughs> go and look through all these little things and where are the nuggets I can find from this? And ooh, this guy's ranked above this guy. Sometimes that means something. Sometimes it doesn't. But looking at some of this, I mean, Luke Musgrave seems like at this point heading into the season, tight end one. I think limited blocking stuff, but based on his profile in college, what we've heard about him so far in training camp and on the depth chart, he seems like tight end one. I feel like I kind of know what we're going to get out of Luke Musgrave in year one. I'm excited to see him, but I'm more in the preseason game. I'm more interested in seeing Tucker Craft. Tucker Craft is a guy who I think if his if he hits his ceiling, you know, not this year, clearly, but when he becomes like the actual full player he's going to be, could be a more valuable player than a guy like Luke Musgrave. And I just want to see he's been relatively quiet in camp. Uh, I want to see how does he look when he's out there? How does he look in terms of blocking assignments and running routes? Because we've seen him at uh, South Dakota State. How does he look at this level? Like that's a guy I'm really been keeping an eye on. Same thing. Some of the some of those running backs, Tyler Goodson. We've seen Patrick Taylor. I want to see Tyler Goodson. I've heard mixed things about Lou Nichols. Same mixed things. Not good things about Lou Nichols. I want to see Lou Nichols out there. I want like the the kind of the mid to bottom guys. These guys that like we watch, we heard about. I want to see how they perform. So Kraft is the number one guy I'm looking at. I think a guy like um, Caleb Jones is another guy I'm really curious about uh, just because he is a huge man. seems like a ton of promise. He looked unplayable last preseason. How far has he come? If he's a project, how far has he come? So a guy like that, um, I don't know if we're going to get full answers, but it's always the, like the preseason. I get hyped for the preseason just like everyone else. And then by the second quarter, it's always like, <laughs> I mean, this isn't a game at this point, but, it's, but it is always more. I know these names. Is Grant DeBose going to play? I loved watching Grant DeBose college tape. Is he going to play? I, I hope he does. I want to see him. So it's about these kind of like not the top guys, not the guys you assume are going to be starters, but I want these guys who are either fringe guys or guys who are a guy like Kraft, who's going to make the team, a lot to make the team, but has been relatively quiet. How do they look? How do they perform? And then you can start in your head, start thinking, all right, it's only one preseason game, but how does this look going forward for the season? What do I think his role is going to be now that we've actually seen him on an NFL field, even if it's preseason? So that's kind of, that's what I'm going to be looking at is, is some of those guys. Okay. I think I'm going to be looking kind of a little more flip side. I want to look defensive line. Like I'm, I'm very interested again to see who they play number one. But you know, Devontae Wyatt, the the first round pick from last year, Lucas Van Ness for first round pick this year. Like I want to see if those guys are playing. If TJ Slayton's in there, you know, you're not gonna. They're gonna run vanilla defenses. I get it, but I want to see those guys in live action again. Like I want to see what Lucas Van Ness who. You know, wasn't a starter in college, but was a first round pick for the Packers. I want to see what that kid can do. Like if he's if he's truly Hercules, like I want to see him running through some dudes and like seeing that passion and that power. Like those are the things I think you just it's a Joe Barry defense, man. So I'm trying to get hype. I'm trying <laughs> to expect myself in any way humanly possible about this defense. And if they can actually, you know, get some pressures or stop a couple of runs, like that'll give me a little bit of a little bit of hope. But again. It's still the preseason. I think we all recognize that. It's just exciting that Packers football is back. Um, so, you know, awesome to watch that, to enjoy some some time with friends. But um, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm glad. Like, I really wanted to pick your brain and see the kind of things that you were looking for, especially on the offensive side of the ball, because I know everybody who's listening really likes to, to hear those things because, um, you know, as I've talked about before, like, talking to you and and trying to pick your brain, I've learned quite a bit from what to watch for. So seeing that from a preseason game, I'm sure some people will appreciate that as well. Uh, We don't have a lot else there, you know, no practice today, nothing else really going on around the NFL for the most part. So we're actually going to jump in. We got a lot of listener questions via Twitter slash X today. I mean, as Dusty said before, I still have to type in Twitter.com, so I feel like we can still call it Twitter. <laughs> so this is the old man in me that's just like, I don't know what to call <laughs> it. Go. Like, like, oh, they, it's on the Twitter, but now it's an X. Like, no, it's still Twitter. Uh, <laughs> first question we've got from Rob Clements. He's becoming a, a good regular with some really good questions mm-hmm. that we've, we've really appreciated. But his question, which Packers player would make the best transition to professional wrestling and would his finish? What would his finishing move be named? Food question. It's Wisconsin State Fair week, so funnel cake or elephant ear? Dusty and I discussed ahead of time. It's Lucas Van Ness. Just mm-hmm. and it's called the Iowa. It's just called the Iowa. That's his finishing move. Uh, so you know whether it's Brian Bulaga, whatever Brian Bulaga Iowa. Like that's yeah. Maybe that's called. Maybe it's called the Brian Bulaga Iowa. 
That would be his finishing move. <laughs> Got him in the gates of Balaga. Exactly. Exactly. I think that would work. I think that would really work. Um, but as far as funnel cake or elephant ear, I had to ask you what an elephant ear was because I don't believe I've ever had one. So for some of the people who don't know, can you explain what it is? Oh, I, I probably need to look it up for an actual explanation, but it's fine. Oh. I mean, I've always seen this like that. earlier. Well, when I had it when I was a kid, because I've not had them in years, it's it's a like a large sopapilla, basically. It's a, like kind of a flattened, large fried dough with I think cinnamon and sugar. I mean, there's different ways to okay. do that. It was basically it's it's sweet fried dough. Uh, sweet fried dough. Okay, got it. It's just a large one, I'm assuming. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm still team funnel cake all the yeah. way. That's that's the way to go. Um, that's absolutely my favorite. Now, what do you get on yours? Because there's all I mean, sorts I, of crazy ass toppings. Powdered sugar. Uh, I mean, I, I'm fairly basic. I do powdered sugar, and then uh, there's a maple syrup festival near me that okay. does that does uh, maple syrup and uh, bacon on top of the powdered sugar. <laughs> yeah, it'll kill you, and it's Dude. tremendous. It's so good. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, I've never seen that one. The only thing I've ever I've seen ice cream on top of it, chocolate syrup on top of okay. it. Um, but I'm very very plain. I just like the powdered sugar. However, hearing about maple syrup and bacon, <laughs> you didn't know that was sw- a possibility. I could be swayed to do that. I definitely could be swayed to do Your that. Your eyes, you were like, I didn't know that existed in the world. <laughs> I did not. And now I have to see if it's at the Wisconsin State Fair. So I got to figure it's Wisconsin. They got to have it's some. Got, they've got to have it, right? Well, that's famous for just things that will Otherwise, I'm going to have to do like the bacon fried bacon and like add that on top of it myself. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure I could make it work. I believe in you. I know. I know. Uh, next question we have got uh, from Parker Eves. Who do you want to see win a RB3 spot? And what package plays are you most excited to see with these multiple tight end sets? Now, I know probably question for me, but I digress. I will let you take this one as, uh, you know, tight end man. <laughs> Thank you. That, that sounded thanks. weird. That sounded hey, really weird. Thanks, Steve. We, uh, we are awfully complimentary of each other when Sarah's on. <laughs> that was thanks, not man. a, refer, that was not a referral to your ass, Dusty. I've been really working on it, Steve. I appreciate that. Uh, yeah, I mean, my, I feel like my RB3, I've, I've made no secret of this. I don't particularly care what he can do at this point in pass pro. I don't care what he gives you on special teams. I know that I love watching Tyler Goodson, and so my RB3 is Tyler Goodson because I care more about the fun things you can drop on paper with a guy like that than you then with pass pro. So I, I, part of it is I hope he makes it. Cause I think, I think if he does close pass pro, he's in year two now, I think he could be a solid contributor and I like the flash he can give you, but I'm, I'm all the way Tyler Goodson and then uh package of plays. Most excited to see multiple tight end sets. It's fun with what they have. I mean, a lot of this is like the guys that hit their ceiling um, because Right now, it is still a little iffy. It is you're dreaming on that. Right now, I assume Luke Musgrave, like we said, is is going into the year tight end one, but is really likely going to be more large wide receiver than actual tight end. Their their only real tight end they have with any experience on this offense is Tyler Davis, who is a pretty decent blocker, decent enough athlete, but not going to move the needle for you too much. So I think you're somewhat limited in terms of what you could do. And then I guess three would be what Tucker Craft, and then I think Austin Allen is tight end four right now. And Kraft, again, like I think if his profile, if he hits that ceiling, I think is is very, very good. But a lot of that is based on being a uh, high-end blocker and a good route runner. And I think he can probably be a fine receiver, but the blocking is not going to happen this year. That rarely takes place with a tight end in year one. So let's actually listen to um, Blue 58 with John Meerdank, who did a big study about like tight ends. And it really seems like that light bulb kind of hits more in year two than in year three than commonly thought, which I thought was really interesting in terms of the production stuff. Uh, anyway, all that being said, it's an interesting group mainly because I don't know that you have anyone that is like a true tight end in terms of what we've seen. There's, you know, I don't have your Mercedes Lewis. You're not even a Bob Tunyon right now. So I think Musgrave, we're looking at a three tight end set of Musgrave being a large wide receiver, Kraft being kind of a project who likely they'll put out there to block a little bit. This is without, this is, we'll talk about DeGuar in a bit. This is without counting DeGuar as a tight end anymore. Uh, Kraft blocking a little bit, likely as more of that true why, but without fully being able to do that yet. And then Tyler Davis is like a little more limited to one of those. So I think you can run some fun stuff that play action bootleg stuff they do. I think you can run some fun mesh concepts. You can run, um, I think Dagger would be a lot of fun where you use like Musgrave as a clear out and then you run a run a dig behind him. I've been drawing up kind of the um, that drift, the uh, PA bang dig uh, concept where you run a clear out. Basically anything where you have Luke Musgrave clearing out and then a tight end working behind that space, you can do a lot of stuff with that, but it all hinges on Luke Musgrave being 
a matchup nightmare, more wide receiver than tight end. So I think this year is probably not where they want to be in terms of running a lot of that three tight end stuff. Uh, maybe next year be a little bit just because you get those guys in the system a little bit more. Next question is from Kevin Cushing. I watched Jets at Packers game from 1973 and was amazed at how much Sicko the game. Behavior. I love it. I love it. <laughs> what are you doing with your life, Kevin? <laughs> That's the kind of stuff I do as well. I appreciate that, man. Uh, I was amazed um, at how much the game has changed in 50 years. The broadcast, field conditions, play designs, etc. What do you like slash dislike most about the evolution of the game? And a food question, settle a debate at home. Does basil taste like licorice? Uh, Dusty, you've been talking for a little while, so I'll give you a breather for a sec. Um, I guess there's a couple things that I used to really enjoy from the early days of football. And I, I I miss coaches like dressed up, like in suits. I remember back in the day when Reebok was still sponsoring the NFL it was an early, maybe early 2000s when it was uh, Mike like Nolan. 06, I think. Yeah. Okay. And Jack yeah. Del Rio, they had to get authorized to wear suits as the coaches. But nowadays, like everybody's in just the relaxing gear. And I know it's, it's comfort and whatever. But there was something about like the players being players and the coach being, you know, like a full suit, you know, maybe a fedora hat or whatever it was. And that was, that was always really cool. I, I really enjoyed that. So when those two guys brought it back, I thought that was really cool. It just is nobody else has done it since. And so I would love that to come back. The other thing I would love, the coffin corner punt. I loved that. And maybe that's like, maybe that's more nostalgia because of like Madden 2004. And that was like one of the mini games that you could play was the coffin corner punt. And now punters just do the pooch punt where they try to, you know, get the backspin on it and get it down at the one. But I always miss that. Like I thought that was, that's a lost art. Uh, something that's gone away from the game. So, uh, Dusty, what about you? Is there anything that you, you know, miss about the – or like or dislike about the evolution of the game? I mean, it's, from broad broadcast perspective, I know one thing – I was making, you know, kind of making fun of him for watching stuff from 1973. I have old games on the background all time, all the time at home. When I'm working at the office, I got a TV above my desk that I'll just glance up at. And so it's always old games, whether it's NFL Network, pulling up a game on YouTube, something like that. Um, I think the broadcast in terms of like just having the score and the timeouts there, I'll have a game on. I'll look up and be like, I have no idea what's going on. I don't know what the quarter is. I don't know what the score is. I don't know where we are in the game. And if you if you watch the whole time, like you have sure. that feel, but you had to pay more attention and. So I, I like the I like that it's constantly on there, but also like relatively innocuous at the bottom. Um, I, one of the things and I mean, what, the other thing is just they mentioned field conditions. I was watching an old uh, run and shoot Orioles uh, or Oilers, um, Orioles, uh, Oilers Warren Moon game that AstroTurf. That looked like that could kill a man. It was just like carpet on cement. Like that's just the fact. I know there's a whole bunch of talk now about like going to natural grass and you don't want the turf. Even the turf now is like a hybrid turf. It's not like that AstroTurf was was like a rug, like just absolutely brutal stuff. So I'm glad that they've done that. One of the, th- one of the things I dislike, and I kind of mentioned it before we started, and I don't mean this as, as a blanket statement. I think review has gotten out of control. The, the whole like the rule book around what is a catch and what is not a catch. And listen, like as Packers fans, we would have had a couple like fairly nice moments if review was around back then. Cough, Jerry Rice fumbled, cough, sure. cough. But the, there is, I think it's too over-legislated and too, it's tied to kind of how this was, when it was created and what the rules were then in terms of like the rules of review. Um, it's everything's down to the slow motion millimeter. Well, it looks like the ball moved there. It looks like, you know, when you hit the ground, the ball moved. There. It's just everything is looked at so closely and it can take so long. You know, college football, this is, this is a plague upon college football. But NFL has this as well. I think there's, it's always one of those you see an awesome touchdown and then you're like, can I celebrate? Am I allowed to celebrate? <laughs> and so you got to wait a little bit before you celebrate. And and like, I get it. I get you'd prefer to be right, but I just feel like sometimes I feel like it takes too long. I, I think my brother came up with this. He's like, what they should do. You have someone locked in a box that has no, had, had, has not following the game at all. They're sent these plays and you say, you get to watch this in slow motion once and you get to watch it in regular motion three or four times. You tell me by your best guess from all these different angles in regular motion what you think happened, and that's the ruling. Because what happens now is it's it's ruled on the field as if the ruling on the field is like infallible. 
and then you have to have find something to overturn it, even though most likely a lot of times you can overturn that. Yeah, you can't really. So I think there's just it, it just it takes too long. Like the, I think review is good, but I just think it's gone too far. And it just it's again, that's kind of an old man rant at some. Yeah. Of the reviews, no, so. I mean, it makes sense, too. I mean, you think about it, too. And it seems like a lot of the times now they they let the play go just so like replay will correct it if need be. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of where the problem of the of the play on the field, you know, the, the play stands as called. Where if they do let that go, of like, yeah, I'm not really sure about that one. We'll just let it go. We'll get it fixed and replay. Like that, that definitely mm-hmm. can be a problem. Uh, also, on a side note, one of the things that you thought would have been corrected since 1973, but still hasn't, is the field at Soldier Field. So <laughs> that's true. That's true. It's still still the same sod. <laughs> exactly the same sod yeah. from 1973. Yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. Incredible. But, um, we both agreed though, as his food question for Kevin does. Does basil taste like licorice? I, I've never once heard that never, comparison. Never gotten that. Thought no. that ever. I think you have some bad basil if that's the if that's the case. <laughs> yeah, like you someone might want to check your basil someone, supply. Someone took licorice, licorice and put it through a shredder, and he's like, "Here's some basil for you." It's like, "Well, this tastes weird." <laughs> <laughs> Next question: White hot socks. Assuming Watson, Dobbs, Torrey, Reed are locked into the roster spots, who are the remaining wide receivers? You have the Packers keeping, and which do you seeing the see making the biggest early impact? What you got for us, bud? Let's see. I, I don't have this one in front of me. Who are the Who are the four that are locks? Watson, Dobbs, Torrey, Watson, Dobbs, Torrey, and Reed. I think uh, just just by him being a draft pick, I think Wicks Wicks is up there. We haven't seen a lot of him. I think he he just got healthy, but he's he's had issues so far. I think he's a lock uh, just because they don't, they typically don't get rid of uh, draft picks, especially, you know, hot, not highest draft. He was round five or round four, round five, something like that. Um, so I think he's in there. And then you could say, I think they like Bo Melton. So I think Bo Melton. Uh, and then from there, I could see them, I could see DuBose being like practice squad something. But I think those would be what. I have not done my 53 yet, so I have no idea. But that's that's six. You could see them keeping seven, depending on how they feel about a guy like Malik Heath, Cody Crest, something like that. But I think it's I, I I think those guys are probably going to be on the team. And I mean, I think it's I think it's going to be somewhat fluid. I think Watson it's going to be fluid because Watson is you know your one right, except he's not necessarily a traditional one. Uh, you can move him around. I think Dobbs' role is relatively clear in terms of you could use him as kind of that X. Uh, I think Reed. Uh, Reed st- clearly seems like kind of the gadgety guy. They've been lining him up in the backfield. They've been running him on sweeps. They've got him doing <laughs> as the Tyler we'll Irvin role. Later, the will. Tyler Irvin role. I think we've got him doing the Tyler Irvin role stuff, uh, which, given his background and given some of his athletic profile, I think makes a lot of sense. So I think that's. I think he can be a good, well-rounded receiver. But I wouldn't be shocked if in rookie year we see him doing a lot of that stuff. I think they've got a handful of guys they can do some of that stuff with. But he seems like the prime candidate. So if you're looking for a guy, your gadgety guy. Let's think last year. They didn't know what to do with Christian Watson out the gate because he was injured. So Christian Watson was that guy. So now yeah. you've got Christian Watson able to go vertically. You still got that element of kind of twitchy guy in Jaden Reed that they're that they're messing around with in the backfield, doing some of that stuff. And then, yeah, as far as like, I feel like we haven't seen enough of Wicks yet to really know. I feel like you know, kind of ease him in a little bit. Obviously, once you get down to wide receiver four, five, six, you're not expecting to see those guys on the field a ton. So I think just kind of ease them in, throw some different package stuff at them, but uh, then then they hope they grow into something. But I feel like that's that's kind of the the pecking order there. Yeah, I mean, I, to me, I'm not sure. I, I I I don't know enough like on that level, like not seeing practices, not seeing that stuff. It's just. I mean, I think the obvious answer for the biggest impact is just Reed. Like, he's the yeah. guy that he's got the best opportunity right away. Um, he's going to see some weird – some like you said, the gadget he touches. Like, those are going to go to him right away, and hopefully he can do some things with them. If he can't, they'll probably they'll, – they'll give him some shots, I think, for sure. It's not going to be like mm-hmm. week one, like, oh, no, no, you're done. See you later. Um, you know, you, you spend a second-round pick on a guy like that, then that's – you're going to give him the shots. And so that'll be – who I think makes the biggest early impact. And I mean, well, he's also getting punt return duties as yeah. well, if I'm not mistaken. So an impact there as well. I mean, my, the other thought is like, if you're, if you're looking for anybody else, throw a dart at a board. <laughs> That's who, who's going to make the biggest early impact. Like there's no way to know this yeah. one. Like it's just a shot in the dark. So uh, next one, we got Packer backer, Dusty, help me see the light on DeGuara. I know that's your guy, but using a top 100 pick on a fullback 
what is it about his game that you really like? Uh, so just so you know, Dusty really had a had a had an answer lined up, and he just didn't feel comfortable <laughs> doing it. So I'm going to do it for him, and then he's going to give a, a a real answer afterwards. So um, he wanted to say, "Go f- yourself." <laughs> All right, Jesse. Now you can take over. Now we just we're just playing around with you. This is a little bit of fun because Dusty. I I wanted Dusty to say it. He's like, no, man, I can't. I can't do it. I can't do it. I'm like, I'll do it. I got you. I got you. Edit myself. I don't take time to edit myself. I edit you. I edit myself. Um, Okay. I mean, first of all, the top 100 pick thing. At this point, I don't care. Like, it was. Did they overdraft him? Yeah, potentially. I mean, I think there were other people looking at him. I know. Uh, the Patriots were looking at getting him just shortly after the Packers, which you can take a shot at Bill Belichick's drafting stuff all you want, whether that was a good call or bad call. But uh, I, I mean, at this point, draft pick, I don't I don't care where he was picked. It does not matter to me. It's what we've seen on the field, what he can do. Um, and the, with the depth chart coming out uh, yesterday, he is listed as, listed as fullback one. He's no longer a tight end. He is fullback one. He was trending that way. Um, you know, his, his inline, I think his inline snaps dropped and his backfield ones went up as the season went on last year as they kind of got him into more of that role anyway. I just, I like what I've seen out of him. I like when he's on the field. I think what, what LaFleur was able to do with the run game as the season went on, uh, kind of this hybrid power wide zone stuff that they did. DeGuaro was a big key in that. A lot of that pony package stuff that did not work with Dylan and, and Jones on the field at the same time. They plugged DeGuaro on there and DeGuaro did a good job. When I when he's on the field, I mean, I don't ever think his production is going to be insane, which if you look at a guy like Kyle Juszczyk and you say like, you want him to be Kyle Juszczyk? Kyle Juszczyk, is, he's not lighting up production either. It's like, you know, 200, 300 yards a year or something. He's but not he's still he, like that dude's a unicorn. Like nobody else does anything like that. In well, he could, that's, but that's the thing he can, I think some, I think I, I want to level set expectations a little because I don't think he's going to have 500 yards receiving. Mm-hmm. He's not going to be a guy who's going to be like a huge productive guy, but when he's out there, he he give he does a lot of very nice things blocking. He sometimes he will miss. That's something he needs to clean up. He may never be like a lockdown blocker, but he knows where he's supposed to go. He he gets in the way, and when he locks onto a guy, he drives to the end of the whistle. Like he's he's a guy who when he's out there, he's going he's going to give a hundred percent. He's going to go where he needs to go. He's going to at least attempt to block the guy. If not, he's going to get in the way. And when he locks onto that guy, he's driving him. There's a, there's a bit of nastiness to his game, completely legal nastiness that I think the run game needs. And I think he gives. Uh, and so I think when we start seeing him do some motion stuff last year, as far as like lead blocking out of uh, tight end formations, I think the run game got locked in a way that we hadn't really seen before. So I think it's some of its expectations. Again, I don't, I don't think he's going to have 500 yards receiving. I don't think he's ever going to be like a huge light him up, big productive guy, but he is relatively fast. You get him the ball in space. He can do something with the ball in his hands. And he knows he knows his role. He knows what he's supposed to do. And I think he does it relatively well. They don't, I've not seen Henry Pearson, but there's not really another guy that I've seen do what he can do on this team in a way that I think they want to move with some of that power run game stuff. So for me, that's that's it under Guar. I don't care where he was taken. I don't care how many receiving yards he has. I think he's a he's a key component of not only the run game, but some of the pass game you want to build off of that. And his skill set, I think, contributes to that. So I'm I'm a big fan of his, uh, even if I don't think he's going to be like, you know, again, a 500-yard receiver or anything. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay. Uh, please note that that was a joke right at the beginning. Please, yeah, please ask more questions. It was, it was just very funny for me, and I really wanted to. Since I have no take on uh, Josiah Deguara, like that was my contribution to the question. So, uh, next question we've got is from Simon. What do you think they do with Eric Stokes when he comes back, assuming good health with Nixon, Jair, and Douglas? Uh, Dusty and I kind of bounce back and forth between this one and. You know, it, it's going to be a combination of like a million different things where, you know, it's going to be we, we've seen like Dusty had said to me earlier, like you've seen Douglas as a slot. It didn't look good. It, it didn't look good. That guy needs to stay on the outside. Stokes primarily probably an outside guy. Jair, he can go wherever. Uh, so whether it's Jair getting locked down on the number one and everybody else adjusting to that or if it's Jair going in the slot and those guys taking the outsides and, you know, Nixon moving back to, like, linebacker or safety or third safety or whatever it is. Like, there's going to be a million combinations, I, I'm hoping. Um, I don't know if Joe Barry is the man that can make all of those connections <laughs> yeah. and those things happen. But I don't know, Dusty, is there anything else that you think that they might do that uh, peeks into your brain? No, I mean, that's, that's pretty much it. I mean, I think they, again, we were talking. This earlier in my default on some of this is you have to trust that the that the coaching staff from that I use I'm like well crap I don't know if I actually trust them then or not but yeah no I mean I, I think that's right I think it, a lot of it depends on the health of Stokes and I think Rasul seems like seems like such a a everyone talks about how smart he is how much he studies that I you want him I would want him ideally somewhere around the ball um you want him either as like a hybrid guy I was gonna say like that Joker kind of like that that Charles Woodson role which. Not saying he's Charles Woodson, but just a guy like kind of around the ball, work on instincts, work on tape study, some of that stuff. But yeah, I, I I want to believe that the staff will put everyone in the right positions. I don't believe necessarily, I don't have that faith, but mm-hmm. I do think that if your if your problem is, oh no, we have too many cornerbacks, it's not really that big of a problem. <laughs> yeah, especially in a passing league, like that's not a bad yeah. not a bad problem to have. Next question from Garrison Anderson. What are the biggest questions that you want answered from the 2023 Packers through the rest of camp slash preseason? Take it however you'd like, whether it be roster battles, player utilization, rookies to watch, etc. Uh, as far as that goes, I'm thinking I want I want health. Like that's the biggest thing that I want out of the preseason. Like I don't want to see young kids that are promising go down. Like I want to see development. But yeah, I mean getting some reps for these guys in games is huge, but keeping them healthy and getting them into the season is the biggest thing. That's where you get like preseason snaps are great. I want regular season snaps for all these young kids and figuring out what they have in a a crap ton of players. Like there's this, this, I heard a stat. I didn't even realize it. There are four players on the Packers team that are in their thirties. Four. Yeah, honestly, that's, that's higher than I thought it was. <laughs> that's insane. And one of them's a punter. One of them's a punter. It's David Bakhtiari, Preston Smith, uh, Pat O'Donnell, and then one other guy that I can't uh, think of right now. But there's four. So, yeah, I want this young group of children <laughs> to, to be able to get some snaps in real games. So that's what I'm looking for in the, the preseason right now. That's fair. And I'm looking for, uh, I think, some of these jobs to maybe be cemented a bit. I, I think the depth thing is always something that you're looking for. And some of these some of these guys that you hear about in camp, like there's been a lot of buzz about Carl Brooks uh, as, as a rusher in camp. I, how does he look in the preseason? Like, I want to see something like that. But more than that, I want to see, like, some of the stuff on the offensive line. I want to see... There's been some buzz around, you know, Zach Tom. We talked about this last week. Tom took reps as starting center. Is that just like a one-off? I don't think it's happened. It didn't happen before then. I don't know if it's happened since then. Is that job in danger? Is Tom maybe going to take that and Nyman take right tackle? Is Tom entrenched as a starting right tackle? Or is Nyman? I don't know. That? He's listed as as right tackle one, right? He is listed as right Ooh. tackle one. So that's that's the thing. That's the thing. Is 
is that cemented? How does he look out there? Are they going to trot that line out there um, to, at all, that starting line? And how do they look when they're out there? So, I mean, that that's one of the big things. You want to say who's going to take those. Because you could say like like Luke Musgrave. I, I could talk about him a thousand times this episode. He looks like he's comfortably going to be tight end one. And again, I feel like we know what we're going to get with him. But some of the questions around who's going to be starting these other positions. Again, some of these young guys, you can only take so much from the preseason, but I am, we'll talk about them later. I'm, I love all the stuff about Corey Valentine uh, out of Kentucky because I'm, I've, you know, living here. I've, I followed that guy. You know, I, I, I've seen his career. I'm very excited about him. There's been a lot of buzz. Can you take a whole lot from the preseason from a seventh round corner? Man, probably not. But can you see some of those flashes? Like that's that's kind of what I'm looking for. Some of the 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 starting stuff we may not see, but that'd be what I'm looking for if those guys are out there. But then also next man up, solidifying depth. Like are any of these young guys, any of these rookies who are making noise in camp? When we talked about this last year, we talked about this last week, I think, in terms of last year it went into well. We know the offense is good, so the defense must be really good if they're holding them down. Turns out the offense just was not ready to go. So we've been hearing about the defense has been winning against the offense. Okay, how does the offense look against like an actual, you know, if vanilla, another defense? And then how does the defense look? Is Carl Brooks making noise against a third string Bengals line, or is that just against the third string Packers offensive line? So again, those questions are not going to be answered, but it is one of those things that that's a data point that, that, that you're kind of tracking at that point. So that's, that's, I think that's, that's really kind of what I'm looking for. And finally, we get a question for Steve from DJ. He wants to know thoughts on Quay following family night. It seemed like he was making the right reads in the run game and tackling quote unquote in the back, uh, in the hole, uh, tackling the back in the hole. Uh, so DJ, here we go. Got it for you. He's a all pro. That's what he is. After family night, that's exactly what he is. He's an all pro. Uh, no, I mean, honestly, like I'm excited to see what he can do. I, I Obviously, you guys know from listening to me for years and years and years, I love the inside linebacker position. Um, but I think it's like tight end on the offensive side of the ball. Middle linebacker is one of the most difficult positions to adjust to from the college game to the NFL game. So I'm really looking forward to seeing that that second year leap. Like that is comparatively from what he did rookie from his rookie year um, into what he's going to do in his second year. Like I think it's going to be night and day. So uh, I don't think he's going to be all pro, but man, like I'm really excited to see what he can do. And I'm really excited, honestly, to see like he seems to have taken like this whole like mentality of mental health and, you know, understanding like people are going to try to pick on me to try to, to, you know, get me and, and get me flagged and get me kicked out of games. Like he, he seems to understand that and taking that wholeheartedly. So I want to see that aspect too. Like, are people going to get egg him on? Are they going to, you know, bump him, push him, see what happens? Like, I, I think those things are re- legit concerns. So I want to see how he reacts in, in the games again. I've got nothing to add. That's inside linebacker corner with Steve right there. <laughs> I should have my own podcast. <laughs> <laughs> this what can screw I talk you, screw you guys? I don't need to. I don't yeah, need I, Dusty. Everybody will listen to the inside what linebacker. Devondre podcast. Campbell and Quay Walker news. Can I talk about today? Still on the team. <laughs> Three hundred sixty-five days a year. <laughs> all Quay, inside Quay, linebackers Quay all the time. <laughs> Quay a day. Oh my god! See, you're writing it for me. You're writing it for me. <laughs> didn't fight anyone from the medical staff. That's all I got for you today. Boom. <laughs> done. <laughs> Your one minute podcast for the day. <laughs> uh, that's what I should do. It should be a new, uh, a new Twitter handle for me. Did Quay Walker push someone today? No. <laughs> <laughs> that we know of Steve. <laughs> hey, that's all I can do. That's all that's I true. can do. That's true. Just, <laughs> track the question. data we have. <laughs> Uh, and now going back to Dusty questions, given DeGuara is a fullback, does that mean lots of 21 personnel or more 12 when we when he's out there? Uh, could we see 31 or 13? The possibilities are endless. So for for the amateurs, explain, you know, the 21, 12, 31, 13, what, what that all looks like. Yeah, it's uh, so the, the number system is it's the number of running backs, number of tight ends, and then with five available skill positions, the number of wide receivers are inferred. So the first number is going to be running backs, the second number tight ends, and wide receivers assumed based on that. Now, the question that is not asked here, but since I'm talking about it, might as well. Typically, if there's a sixth offensive lineman, I've seen that you put 
a six in front of that. So say 21 personnel would be two running backs, one tight end, but then obviously goes from that would be two wide receivers. Uh, so, I mean, as far as DeGuara on the, so I guess that that makes sense. The way, the way I look at it, the way I remember it, because I, as long as I've been doing this, I still am like, I don't know if I remember that. R comes before T and the alphabet. So running backs are the first number and tight ends are the second number. And then wide receivers are assumed. Uh, I don't like, as far as like that particular thing, it matters in terms of like what you're looking at them doing from a tendency perspective. I'd be curious to see how they're using DeGuara, if they're using him as a fullback. Cause obviously if there is a fullback, it'd be 21. If he's more tight end, that would be 12. It's more, it's it, that it seems like we're kind of splitting hairs. It's, it's a sure. designation based on what you call him, what the team is calling him on the field. As far as how you track that it's more. So, so I would call it, I'd switch that up. That would be 21 instead of 12 for that, for me this year. And in, in instances where he's out there with a running back, but ultimately doesn't matter in terms of kind of what he's, what is he doing when he's out there? Is he going to be more of a true, more than 50% fullback role, I guess we say. I mean, sure. I, I think, again, I think we will see, I think 31, we probably won't see a ton of because that would mean what, assuming assuming DeGuara is a fullback, that would be DeGuara, Jones, and Dylan likely. I'd, you're limited with what you can do with that. I think unless you're looking at like heavy goal line situations, I think you're limited in terms of what you can run out of that offensively. Jones can do some stuff DeGuara can as well, but you become a little bit of predictable in terms of who they have there out of 31 and with the skill sets they have there and 13, I think 13, which would be the run one running back three tight ends is really intriguing for some of the stuff we talked about earlier. It's just, I don't know that this is the year to do it. I think again, that's like 13, but Musgrave is one of your wide receivers uh, at one point, but he's counting as a tight end uh, is essentially how you'd be looking at that. So I think that's something, especially more the 13 and 31, uh, maybe going into 2024 as those tight ends kind of start to develop could be really, really cool. I think those skill sets lend themselves to, to a lot of diversity and could be a, could be a lot of fun. I just don't know that we're going to see a lot of that this year. I think it's going to be, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be shocked to see with the Gora. Yeah. A lot of 21, a lot of 12, a lot of 11 predominantly. And I think those other ones are always going to be kind of sub package stuff. Next one, we got Ray Dempster. Will this be the year that Packers fans rename the Tyler Irvin role? If so, who is the most likely successor, Tyler Goodson, Jaden Reed or other? So do you have any fun, like name for the, the Tyler Irvin role? Uh, no, it's just the Irvin role. His, his name was, you could call it cause they, they, his nickname was Swerve and Irvin. So you could say like, uh, they called, yeah, they called Swerve, you just called Swerve. Um, it's funny how little he was on the team for how much that still gets used. And we talked about think a couple weeks ago, I'm fine with always calling it a Tyler Irvin role. I think that's fun. I'm, I'm full. I love having a guy that's been around that little kind of that entrenched in the team more sure. at this point. I'm a big fan of. In terms of who takes it over, I think Reed is the obvious guy. Again, we don't know. We know if Woods at this point. I don't think Goodson's making the team, uh, just based on some special team stuff. As much as I'd like him to, I think they're carrying two backs. Uh, but I think Reed makes a lot of sense if you can use him as a regular wide receiver, and then he can also do some of that gadgety stuff. You're you're more versatile with Reed out there than you are with Goodson. Not to say someone else can't do it. I just think a lot of that role, if that's handled more by Reed, that frees up Watson to do the Watson stuff downfield, and then you get that kind of horizontal vertical stretch you're looking for. So Reed seems like the successor, but I, I will likely call it the Tyler Irvin role until I die. Okay. Uh, we got one from Matt Pickett. Do you agree with Mark Murphy that sharing training camp and family night footage ruins a competitive advantage, or do you side with Big Packers 4X that information is for the people? Viva la revolution. And as food question, what food do you wish was served at Lambeau Field that currently is not? So I will say share weight. I mean, mm-hmm. the, like with social media, with all that kind of stuff, like if you want to find that stuff, you're going to find it. Uh, it. It's not like there's a lot of secrecy nowadays. Even when they say like, oh, you can't have cameras. Oh, you can't have phones. Oh, you can't take video. Like you still see it on the Internet. It's still there. So, yeah, I mean, especially with family night, it – I have an issue that they didn't. They decided not to broadcast it, claiming that it was for like, yeah, trying to protect uh, you know the competitive advantage. Like, I, that's just dumb, dumb for me. So, and as far as food goes, honestly, now right now I would have to say that I want a uh, a funnel cake with maple syrup and bacon. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I would eat at Lambo. I would eat that at Lambo for sure. <laughs> 
eat that right now. Deliver oh, yeah. that to my house from Lambo right now. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm more or less side with you. I'm, I'm of the mind because there's been a, a big pushback against like the not sharing stuff on social media and people are pushing back against that. I don't care enough to get upset. I love the hype. I love seeing that stuff. I love seeing, um, you know, because they did televise it. It sounds like the, the televised version was not great. A lot of commercials on weird spots, cutting away at weird spots. They did put some of the family night stuff on TV. Mm-hmm. I wish they made that more available. I wish yeah. they allowed more filming of practice. I wish that, that family night was something I could stream. Uh, like I, I, that would be cool because it's football season. I'm excited about football season. I also don't care enough to get mad about any of it because eventually I'm going to see real football, like seeing, seeing grainy footage of like an end around a Jaden Reed is cool. But I'm not going to be mad if I don't get a chance to see that. So I'm 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 all in favor of of them sharing it. But I also it's not going to really impact my life one way or another if they don't. But I think claiming that it's a competitive uh, disadvantage for them to do that I think is is pure silliness. Uh, so I, I don't I don't buy their logic behind it. Yeah. But I'm not really going to get upset. But I, I mean, it. another note is I think it was even Nagler who who tweeted out like there are scouts there are scouts there. Generally, for other teams that are watching for you know positions that they need that, that they may need some strength in later down the road, like there's scouts there. Like, really, you're telling me that like that's the reason is competitive advantage? No, like there's people there from other teams, so it's kind of a BS thing. But it's Mark Murphy, and he just talks out of his ass. So who the hell knows at this point? Yeah. Yeah, no, that yeah, that's that's about where I am in it. And then what food? <laughs> Before we started recording, uh, I was like, "Oh, wings!" And I was like, "Oh crap, wings would be bad to eat." <laughs> and then we pictured just throwing like just discarded wing bones down on the ground at the bleachers, which just sounds that would totally happen. Disgusting. Somebody would be getting hit with wings in the back of the head. <laughs> so, which kind of uh, sounds fun. It as long as I'm not the one getting hit, but I mean, honestly, they've got they've got some good stuff there. And when I'm at a game, I don't leave my seat a whole lot anyway. And I don't eat a whole lot there. All I want, all I want is a brat. You know, some of that, some of that mac and cheese, uh, some of the mac and cheese stuff they have is tremendous. But there's not when I'm there. I'm not like, oh, I wish they had this food. I'm, I'm fine with the food they have. I'm, I'm relatively easy to please at a football game. Mike Kawana wants to know if you could pick, uh, pitch a play for Lafleur to open his game script with, what would you call for? So we're assuming this is Week One, Chicago Bears. What are you going for, Dusty? Play action bomb, baby. I'm going play action bomb. I think, and Westendorf, I think, kind of stole what my answer was probably going to be anyway, which is kind of the the cheese wheel type of play, which is uh, it, it's a two man backfield. So Deguara is the up back. You kind of as an eye formation, you motion him out a little bit, so you got this offset eye look, and then to the like say to the left side, you've got Christian Watson as your lone wide receiver on the on the left side. You run Watson on a deep post. You play action. It looks like DeGuaro's blocking through the hole as a lead blocker. He releases through, and then he releases vertically up the field. Seen some really fun stuff off of that. That was um, – I'm blanking on his name right now. The the fullback in the first the floor year, the first time I saw this play, was uh, 19 against the Broncos. He almost scored. He got tackled like inside the one. Uh, this was not – this was not love it. I'm not blanking on this guy's name. Anyway. I love that play to death and there's fun variations. You can run off of that, but what it could also give you depending on what the defense is, if you're running kind of that play action shot, you got protection because that back running back, the guy who would normally be looking to hit the hole is blocking. So you get a little out of protection there, depending on how they're doing. If that first read, instead of to that fullback releasing vertically is to Christian Watson up the middle of the field, you run a hook route on the other side to kind of hold that boundary defender. Now you got Christian Watson either splitting double safeties or with inside leverage against a single safety and that's your one read. So instead of looking to hit the fullback, your play action, you're looking to hit Christian Watson on that bomb. If Watson isn't there, then you look backside to that fullback and then he can break off uh, on an out route if the vertical isn't there. So that's that's where I'm going. I'm 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 going big. I want I want somewhat redemption for Watson from last year. Uh, I, I we were talking about this a little before, and Steve's initial thing was well, first first thought, first thought. Well, he better catch it this time. Yeah, Steve, exact same play, exact same play. This <laughs> bomb. Just tell Watson to run straight. Deep, just fast. run fast. I'd run also fast, be Christian. fine with that. Just run four verts and like just get get open, Christian Watson. That would also be fine. However, when you were talking about it, a different play, kind of formulated Madden wise, it was like percolating in my mind, and I think Christian Watson now has the ability to draw so much of the defense. So I want him. I want him running that go route. I want mm-hmm. him play action. Him running the go route. So that's going to take safety with him. It's going to take cornerback with him. And I want Musgrave running a post corner. 
So there we go. He's there got go. a all, and so it's just it kind of like will encapsulate what what you want for the Packers, where everybody's focusing right now Christian Watson and his speed. Like that's the thing that people think about. And so the first thing that you do is you capitalize on something else. And so with Musgrave and his speed, like if if he really is this guy and he's going to be tight end one, and he can he can beat a linebacker in that spot, and Christian uh, and and Love can just drop a dot. And I'd love to see that because then all of a sudden now they're thinking like, oh, can't just you can't just double Christian Watson deep, um, and so that are so, that'll open up so many more things. And so I would love to see the threat of Watson and then going to another another option right away. So that would be my play script right away. So, well, my dude, that's gonna do it. Um, Shockingly, we were very nice to each other again. Like we, it, it, it happens to be. We were a little three. mean before we started recording. We got it out of the yeah. way too early. I think was yeah, the problem. Yeah, I know. I know. We we need the th- we need three. We need Sarah back. Mm-hmm. So, um, however, I don't know. I'm trying to think now. I got to look at the schedule. She's gonna be. She's out next uh, week as well. Next week. All right. Mm-hmm. We should be good. We should have one week before I go on vacation. Yeah. So the week of the 22nd, all three of us will be back, and then I'll be vacation the end of the month. So. Um, but before we get going, tell us, you got any articles, you got any other podcasts, like what do you got going? I don't really have anything lined up right now. I'm kind of kind of in the quiet mode right now. A couple of things that I may release before the season starts, but I kind of doubt it at this point because preseason is, is coming up. So yeah, just looking forward into kind of lightly getting back into uh, football writing mode with the preseason. And then we're, we're so far from so close to the start of the season. So it's, I don't have anything going on, but just, just pure excitement and hype for the season. That's, that's all I've got is just, just preaching nothing, but nothing but love, Steve, nothing but love. Awesome. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm just, I'm super excited. There's going to be some Packers football on the TV now and going forward. I mean, every week going forward, we're going to have Packers football, whether it's preseason, regular season, whatever it is, but man, uh it's it's been a long time like we've 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 struggled through the doldrums of the off season yeah. and and concept ideas so thank you guys as always for all the great ideas and questions that you provide it, it really makes our lives a lot easier yeah. when, when we get to it, like what the hell are we gonna talk about this week so um Make sure you guys keep following us on Twitter. If you're not, uh, it's at Dusty Evely, at Sarah Kelleher4, at C4H, at Packaday Podcast. We will be back next week. Uh, no Sarah, but Dusty and I will be back again talking more preseason football. Um, thank you for listening, and as always, Go Pack Go!